This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. on your mind anything that's what are you thinking about akil badu all day 24 7 all i think about is akil badu who is that that is uh the tigers rule five draft pick who in his first um four career games now first game first pitch he saw hit a home run second game grand slam third game had the walk-off hit today had a triple what what's he playing at right now like what position? Yeah. Oh, is he playing in the majors right now? Yeah. Yeah. So do you know what the Rule 5 draft is? No, I don't. Tell me what so the Rule 5 draft is. This is rule great. 5 great. draft is um, essentially once somebody is a prospect in a team system for a certain amount of years, they either have to be on the 40-man roster um, or they can be drafted in the Rule 5 draft during the offseason. So Akil Badu is our Rule 5 pick. Now, the kicker with Rule 5 picks is they have to be on your MLB roster the entire season or they go back to the original team. Um, and he, at this point, obviously, like he's been the best Tigers player so far outside of maybe Matt Boyd, who's looked good again today. Um, but made the roster, had an amazing spring, hit like 325 with five home runs. Uh, made the roster, has been the best player on the team. Uh showing up in every big moment. It was almost really exciting today. If we could have got one guy on in the ninth, he would have been up with as the winning run. Uh, but the Jonathan scope struck out, I believe to end the game. So he didn't get his chance to, to be the hero again. But the worst part is everything he does is ruined by Matt Shepard, the worst announcer in baseball. Uh, it's the it's it going from Mario and Rod who for people your age or my age, was that was the guys they're part of our childhood going from those pros those golden boys the oh, they were so good in every moment whether it was a great moment or a bad moment they were right where they needed to be to Matt Shepard who has now said the fairy tale continues followed it up the following <laughs> day with and I'm not joking he followed it up the following day with exactly this this is how much range he has the Hollywood script continues. <laughs> it is it is the worst, the worst press booth in, in all of baseball. And coming up, coming off this this amazing team we had that ended up hating each other and trying to choke each other out, whatever that happens when you work together for 20 years, I imagine. Just at least keep one of them. At least keep one of them. It's just let, let, let me ask a question. Do you think that there's a chance that um, you just that you just don't like Matt Shepard because he's not Mario and Rod and you're acting no, out a little bit? Nobody likes Matt Shepard. Okay. I, that's how I confirmed with myself he was as bad as I thought. I actually liked him a little bit more in the beginning than everybody else did. It's the it's the the questions he asks, like, and this is a slight exaggeration, but it's not a major exaggeration. There will be strike one thrown 
and he'll go, hey, Kirk, uh, so do pitchers always want to throw strike one in this situation? Oh, my gosh. And that's only probably like a 5% exaggeration. Every home run that's hit, he just starts yelling. And he doesn't like it's I'm okay. I love when announcers get hype. Right. That's part of it. I love it. But the way he does it isn't like getting hype. He's trying to like every single small moment. He tries to make it into this huge moment and he's not good at it. If you're good at it, that's one thing. He's not at all. It's tough. It's tough to it's a tough job. It's tough out there for those guys. But yeah, well, I, this guy's a seasoned vet, man. Like this guy's been in the sports media game. What is Matt Shepard's like background? Detroit sports. He's been here forever, just doing a bunch of stuff. I don't. This was his dream job, and when we hired him, everybody was pretty excited. Uh, And then he got there, and it's just like this is horrible. This is the worst. I can't believe that, like, in a world where uh, everybody is like streaming themselves twenty four seven, everybody's talking on the radio, everybody's doing all of these things where you're public facing and you're talking about things for long periods of time, that announcing, like, game announcing just hasn't gotten better. I think it it's gotten, like worse. It's gotten worse. It's gotten way worse. Which cuz you know weird, what it right? is? They're, so I think it's that they try to give them almost like a podcast type of freedom. Feel free to have a conversation about something, you know, do this and do that. But nobody knows how to do it. Especially and this doesn't go for Matt Shepard, but it goes for Jack Morris and Kirk Gibson, the other guys in the booth. When you hire retired players, more often than not, they have nothing to say at all you want to know what you don't have to be to be a great athlete an expert at the sport you were great at do you think jr smith could hop in the booth tomorrow and and put on a like a well-rounded broadcast performance do you no no he couldn't i think with do you think christian pulisic could do it i don't uh, well (laughs) i mean he can do anything well he, he can do anything except not like vaguely republican tweets but oh, that's, I don't even want to hear about it. Uh, I don't even want to hear. Don't wanna know. I would you rather know. live. In, I would rather live in darkness than, than yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I think with ex players, it's about the. It, I think it becomes a little more about the lifestyle. And what I mean by that is that, like, if you look at uh, Gruden, Gruden wanted to come back and coach while he was still in the booth, and I think that that made him very boring. But I think that like. Like Steve Kerr was kind of like this too, right? When you think that you might have a chance to go back in, you can't really – you have to kind of be Jose Marino. You're not allowed to speak or they'll get mad at me. Yeah, but Gruden and Kerr were great. They were great. Uh, like, Kerr go was get really coaches. good. Go Gruden get coaches. Was... I Gruden, Gruden was there to do what he was there to do, which was be a semi-funny yet very knowledgeable entertainer. Like he had the ability to flip the switch to entertainer which a lot of these guys don't. A lot of these guys go in the booth and it sounds like they're just trying to prove that they know as much about their sport or an equivalent amount to how good they were at their sport. And none of them do. None of them. Look at NBA on TNT. Look at Shaq and Chuck. Kenny's okay. Shaq and Chuck suck. No, I disagree with you because I, I think that you're misunderstanding what the aim of that show is. Like that's not supposed to be like a like an analytic show. That's I'm not even saying guys that. But you're up. supposed to. You're not supposed to shit on the sport for two hours. You're not mm. supposed to shit on the product. That part part of that job, regardless, is growing the sport. Sure, and I think. Oh, I I definitely think Shaq does that. Just kind of passively, like random acts of basketballness happen around Shaq. You um, think Shaq grows the sport? Shaq is, especially over the last year, Shaq is. Oh, it's soft. It's this. It's that. Like, shut up. I mean, 
So, of course, I agree. It's like Van Gundy. It's like Van Gundy with the refs. Like, just stop thinking about it. Like, you just got to move past it. But he's not wrong. And I think that, like, Shaq is a net positive for basketball by a huge margin. I think that used to be the case. Shaq. I think that used to be the case. Yeah, if you look at the entirety of his work, yeah. of course. But if you look at him on NBA on TNT right now, he's a nightmare. He's a, it's it's to the point for me where it's not even entertaining anymore because it's the same story every time. It's the same nonsense in my day when I played. No, dude, you want to know what happened if Shaq had to guard the three-point line? Sure, nobody could guard Shaq, but you want to know what else Shaq couldn't do? Guard anybody in today's era. I, there, so I agree with you that like there's give and take with every era. That if one thing goes up, something else goes down. That's the the, the way the universe works. Uh, it, when Chuck starts like talking morality, like of any kind, that's a tough that's a tough sell for me. But I think like the the aim of that show is to be like a reciprocal for Kenny to go back and go. I'm in the game, Chuck. I'm in the game, and like go back behind into his green screen or whatever, and for Chuck and Shaq to goof off. But Chuck like, and Shaq don't watch basketball. They had a game where they asked Shaq to name like the 13th, 14th, or 15th guys on an NBA team just by showing him a picture, including a player on the Kings, which Shaq is a part owner of, and he didn't name <laughs> a single one. Didn't name one of okay. them. Okay. Do you want to do, do a round of that? Yeah, for sure. Okay, now, mind you, I'm not on an NBA TNT, so if I don't get this, I don't get this. You know, I don't get paid a million dollars a year to know the 14th guy on the Pacers bench. Although I might. I feel pretty good that I will. But Andrew. Who is who is this? <laughs> Darius Baisley. No. <laughs> uh, give me a hint. Uh, oh, they just signed him. He's on a 10-day. Um, what's it start with? M. Maybe this Place is the, the guy. Thunder. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this is the guy they signed to just signed to a 10-day. This is Moses Brown. <laughs> Whatever the the Shack ones were easier than this. Yeah, sorry. I just, I just thought that. I just thought that. Oops. Oh God. I just thought that would be funny. All right. Welcome to Fan of Fan, everybody. This hey, Fan been, of Fan Detroit. This Hello, has been friend. a really fun opening to the show that we didn't plan on doing, but I'm glad we did it. It gives us a really nice segue in this episode. Uh, originally, until we did that, the plan was just, and this is still the plan. the The theme of the show is the number seven pick in the NFL draft. That's the pick that the Lions have this year. It is kind of like a math equation where like it's a math equation with lots of variables right now there are a lot of things that could happen uh most of which obviously won't so what we're gonna do is we're just gonna we're just gonna kind of open ourselves up inside that space and uh uh, peel back some of the layers and try to kind of come to a consensus about both what we think should happen and maybe more likely what will happen um so I think the first thing that we're going to do here is we're just going to kind of dump the puzzle pieces out. So let's kind of go through here and start with, like, what do we know? Um, what do we know for sure? What is what is the situation in the draft right now? Uh, I mean, number one, obviously, is number one. And that's that we know Trevor Lawrence is going first. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if a Deshaun Watson-level scandal would stop that from happening at this point. I mean, it's it is... It's a it's a lock. It's been a lock for two years, mind you. This is something that cannot change, will not change. There could be a video of him getting high out of a gas mask, and he's still going number one. 
this is a really fun uh, rabbit hole, but if you, you can look at that specific event of Laramie Tunsil getting caught with a gas mask and you can trace it to like, I forget what, like where the butterfly wings end up flapping, but I think it involves like getting to the Sam Darnold trade, which is pretty wild. If he got accused of murder tomorrow, but not a ton of evidence. Whom? Trevor Lawrence. Uh-huh. Accused of murder tomorrow. Not a lot of evidence. It's pretty shaky. How far does he fall? He doesn't fall at all, and the he gets they get and the the Jacksonville gets a compensatory pick if he goes to jail. That's like in the second round, I'm sure. That's that makes sense. They're insured with Allstate. Do 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 do. Hmm, that was weird. And then it sounds like uh, number two. Also, it, we sound pretty pretty locked into Zach Wilson going to New York. Um, obviously, with the Darnold trade, they're going quarterback for sure. I think we're all 99, maybe 99.9% sure that it's going to be Zach Wilson. It seems like nobody in the Jets organization knows except for their GM who's making the pick. But, I mean, yeah, that but that's, said, just, that's just that, like that might be them finally trying to be a competent front office. That's how sure. every team should act. Absolutely. Uh, but I think it would be pretty shocking if the Jets did not take Zach Wilson, if they did not take Zach Wilson. Um, well, let's not even go there yet. Real quick, I want to run through the whole draft order, and then I'm going to go back. So it's Jacksonville 1, the Jets 2. The 49ers have traded into the third position. Uh, Atlanta Falcons are picking fourth. The Bengals are picking fifth. Miami traded out of the third pick, I think, and then back into the sixth pick. Uh, that is a that, that has something to do with that Laramie Tunsil thing, actually. Uh, that can be traced back to Laramie Tunsil's Butterfly guess. effect. Yes. Uh, and then... Detroit's picking seventh, and we might talk a little bit about uh, Carolina and Denver, who are picking eighth and ninth. Maybe we'll, we'll probably mention both, but probably pretty quickly here. So I just wanted to to do that. Uh, so yeah, so Jets are probably taking Zach Wilson at two. We don't know for sure, but we're pretty sure. The 49ers uh, traded into the third spot, and I think it's it's incredibly likely that they're picking a quarterback. I would say that's almost a given. Uh, I'm cutting you off. If they go Mac Jones, everybody's fired in two years. Everybody. <laughs> They're all fired in the next two years. That is the that would be the worst pick of the draft. You're literally drafting a worse Jimmy Garoppolo. It's it's idiotic. It is mind-blowing that they would even consider that. That they would think they might have to trade up to get Mac Jones is absurd. Nobody wants him except for you and the Patriots. And I'm just assuming the Patriots. Nobody cares. He had the greatest wide receiver core in the history of college football with the greatest head coach in the history of college football. Of course he was good. It's a second. That's a mid second round talent level guy, man. It's so what they, what, what Mac Jones is flavor. There's a lot of different flavors of quarterback in this draft. They're all a little bit different. Mac Jones's flavor of quarterback is uh, Matt Ryan uh, Jimmy G, a guy who can exist within a system and kind of like steer the ship without steering it into rocks in a lot of ways. If he works out, if, right. if, sure. if it's a good pick, that's what it is. I mean, this is like the classic kind of guy. This is like a Brady Quinn. Like this has, this is the exact kind of guy that we get who's a real hot college quarterback and they just don't pan out in the pros. Uh, it is, it is, I guess now understood that the NFL people really like Mac Jones and all of the media people and people like you and me, uh, 
the NFL draft casuals don't like Mac Jones. Um, Do you want to know why people like Mac Jones? Because if you're making a, a football TV show, you could cast that guy as your quarterback. Sure. That's it. And he had really good receivers at a really good college. The guy, he's he had, just not yeah. at the same level as these other quarterbacks as far as arm strength, as far as accuracy, as far as mobility, as far as IQ. He's just not there. He's just not. I think the argument they're making is that he is there in IQ and like Saban thinks he's the best quarterback to ever come through there. Of course. Maybe that's true. I have a hard time believing that Saban really thinks he's better than Tua. I just, I just have a hard time believing that. So let, let me posit you this, Andrew, what are the chances that the 49ers and this is uh, the sourcing on this is extensive. We're not like it's Schefter. It's, it's Schefter Sh- and it's Schefter multiple times. Yeah. Saying I would be shocked if so. Let me ask you this. What what if the 49ers are just lying and they're going to take Trey Lance? Why lie? You already made the trade. You know who's going one and two. What's yeah. the point in lying? Unless I mean, you're it's... trying to trade back again, which definitely isn't the case. There's there's At this point, you know who's going one and two. There is no purpose of lying. There's no purpose of smoke screens. You have your pick of the litter after Lawrence and Wilson. You can pick anybody else on the board. I think... I think that there is a reason to lie, and it's it's like not a great one, but I think it's like the war of attrition. Like football is war, is conflict, is strategy. Where I want to make everybody do all of this extra research and think about all of these things, and and maybe somebody makes a mistake. Like maybe if we think Mac Jones is going three, and the Broncos are like, well, we have we have to get Trey Lance at four, and then they give up three picks to go move up to four and take Trey Lance, and then oh, whoops, we're taking Trey Lance, and now they have to. Yeah, but that, I mean, I mean that's different conferences. Like, there's there's just no point. Right, sure. I mean, and by the way, I do want when, once we get to four, I want to talk more about the Broncos possibly moving up because I think that's interesting. But yeah. it's there is there's no reason to lie. Schefter is the woge of football. He doesn't get much wrong. Um, right. And if he does get this wrong, I don't think it's because they were lying. I think it was because what came out was it today or yesterday of they were at Justin Fields Pro Day and they were impressed. Um, I still think they're probably going to go Mac Jones. Uh, if Schefter says it, I believe it. Um, but Justin Fields is a guy in a pro day who can throw 80 yards in the air. Like he can throw the ball 80 yards. That's you're going to walk away going, I don't know if we should take this white uncoordinated asshole from Alabama, or maybe we should take the guy who runs a four, four, five and can throw the ball 80 yards. Your call San Francisco. We saw how it worked out the last time you took an uncoordinated, tall, white quarterback who looks like he could be casted in a TV show. It actually almost made a a little bit. They made it. Okay. But but then look, (laughs) now he sucks. And guess what? You made it to that Super Bowl because your defense and everybody knows it. I think Jimmy G is fine. I think he's definitely a starting NFL quarterback. I think he gets injured a lot. Finest suck. That's tough. If you Uh, you, finest suck. Fine is equivalent to suck. You want to know the difference between the 20th best quarterback and the 32nd best quarterback in the NFL? The 32nd best quarterback gets you the third pick. The 20th best quarterback gets you the ninth pick. And that's what you're drafting with Mac Jones. You're drafting a guy who caps out, caps out at current day Matt Ryan, in my opinion. Not prime, get you to a Super Bowl. I'm going to get hot and air it out. You're looking at a current Matt Ryan or like a, just before prime Joe Flacco, uh, like can be good, but that's the ceiling. 
I want to I want to push back on one thing I heard earlier. Mac Jones is definitely as accurate as some of these guys. He doesn't have the strength, but he has the accuracy. When you're throwing to the best wide receivers to ever go through college, like for sure, it's you know they got ten yards of separation. Well, uh, God, one of the two receivers at Alabama this year, their average touchdown distance was 44 yards. Nobody was close to these guys, and they also have one of every receiver, which is wild. Yeah, it's he had the easiest job in college football. Yeah, don't don't fuck it up. Um, So now we're gonna get to the first. I think really, really interesting Uh, could go a lot of ways pick. And that's the Falcons at four. So let me ask you this first. What do you think the Falcons are going to do? What are they going to do? Or what do I think they should do? What are they going to do? Kyle Pitts. Oh, that's weird. I didn't think I was going to agree with you, but yeah, I think, I think that they will take the and Detroit sports fans might go psycho, but if Kyle Pitts is there when the lions pick, you should take him. So you should take we'll get there. We'll <laughs> probably get there. Um, yeah. So Kyle Pitts, if you watch the tape of Kyle Pitts is very You're clearly Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. I mean, he's going to walk into the league, the fifth best tight end in the league. Yeah. Like it's absurd. He's the best offensive player in this draft. Probably the most talented player in this draft. Probably the most like purely talented, like built for this guy. I've seen the last like two he's or three drafts, freak. like him and chase young. Like he's, he's crazy. He's so one of those freaks of nature that just doesn't make sense. Like got, body type speed yeah. doesn't make sense. It also like he plays tight end. Well, which is different. Like plenty of those guys are like that size and they have that strength. And then they're Vernon Davis, right? Where like, if he could catch, you know, nobody's going to tackle him, but he can't really catch like Kyle Pitts can go up and get it. His like catch radius like because of his art, he has the t- longest arm span of anybody ever measured in the NFL. Going back I did to like not know that. holy or shit. Yeah. Now, I think like the floor for Kyle Pitts is like prime Jimmy Graham. Like, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That's, like the floor for him. He's absurd. I think it's Vernon. I think it's Vernon Davis, but a little bit better. Yeah. Well, I mean, absolute floor. Even fine. Then it's prime Vernon Davis, who was yeah. still really damn good. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, do I blame them if they go quarterback? Not at all. Do it. Definitely. At least think about it. Um, but if you're not getting Wilson, you're not getting Lawrence, you're not getting Mac Jones, uh, then feel <laughs> free to go grab this hybrid receiver tight end. He's not going to do much blocking. I mean, I'm sure he can learn. He checks the box. Body type. No, no, no. He's okay. He's not great, but he's but, fine. Yeah, um, but he's not, he's not TJ Hawkinson where he can do both at an elite level, but he's that much yeah. better at receiving. Um, he'll be he'll be fine. He's a great he's he's a great tight end. But it he's, goes from for me, it's Pitts then Lance for them. So for me, it's Pitts then Fields, who I think would really really run that offense well. I so I don't think they'll take a quarterback. Um, they have a new coach. They have a new like they think. I'm guessing that they're going to go back and look at their season last year. And go. I mean, we lost. We lost three three stupid games that, like, in another world, go our way. So I think that they can talk themselves into adding an elite offensive weapon, and saying, I, you know, I, I'm Arthur Blank. I turned Ryan Tannehill's career around. What can I do for a guy who's already been in the Super Bowl? So, uh, and I think that they could win ten games. I don't. I don't see why. Like, if you go Kyle Pitts and then all defense the rest of the draft, like. 
I, I don't see how that's a worse team than they were this year. <laughs> yeah, and they and you're right. You're right. They won't be. Um, I don't know if they can win 10. Um, but I think they'll be at least a little bit better. Uh, seven, eight, nine at that at the ceiling of all ceilings. Ten seems like a, a jump. So do you think that um, do you think that anybody could give the Falcons enough to trade up to four? Yeah, I mean, so there's talks everywhere about how they're going to have the phone is going to be ringing off the hook, right? They're open for it's business. It's going to be going crazy. Who, right? So if you're trading up there, you're doing it to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the only team in the top 10 that would even think about it is Denver. And I don't think Denver is going to be willing to give up two first-round picks, a second-round pick, and maybe even a third to trade up five spots when you're you're there's a I'd say a 60% chance if you don't you end up with Lance or Fields anyways. Um because the next couple picks are not going quarterback. The next one that possibly can is going to be us. And then the pick between us and them, Carolina, they're not going quarterback. Um so I don't see why Denver would do it and then the next team that that maybe 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 and a strong maybe is New York and I don't think they do either. So uh, Patriots fans love to think that they're trading up to four or to seven or something. Have they not been I fans of that news. team for yeah. 20 years? <laughs> like, oh, man, that's never going to happen. No. I, In fact, I would be 0% shocked if they traded down. Oh, yeah. They're going to trade down. Where's their pick? They're, uh, do they even 15. have their first this year? Oh, yeah. 15. Okay. Which, if Mac Jones doesn't go three he's fallen all the way to 15 and going to new england i don't i don't think so i i so i think that i think that it's definitely an above zero chance percent chance that the broncos move up to four or try to or it's above zero i just don't whatever think, i just I, don't think they're desperate enough to do so i think they're more than willing instead of giving up two first rounds a second and a third or something close to that wouldn't you rather take one more year and say okay drew lock this is your last chance and then if you suck we're going to pick even higher next year and then we'll see then we'll see what's available. At this point like assuming two of these five top 5 quarterbacks pan out like who's even going to be left to pick a QB next year? It feels like everybody in the NFL except for us and that and and the Broncos have, and the Patriots maybe have picked a QB in the last 4 years. Yeah, so. the number one guy next year is like North Carolina's quarterback or something like that. I don't You never know, somebody know might break out. Somebody might try no, their way all the way for up. Sure. For sure, it'll happen. It's just a matter of if they're actually good or if they're a good college quarterback, Mac Jones. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think that what the Falcons do is going to be definitely the thing that affects the Lions pick the most. If they take a quarterback, I, I think it probably guarantees that the Lions don't. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, we don't know what the board looks like. So let's go to five. Uh, the Bengals are picking fifth. What? Is that wrong? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get to it in a little bit. I just saw something that surprised me. Uh, this one is interesting. This one is very interesting. Do you go offensive lineman? Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. But if you're sitting in that draft room, you got Joe Burrow. Don't tell me you're not at least thinking about taking one of these stud receivers. Uh, you're at minimum thinking. But we saw Joe Burrow get his leg torn off last year because your offensive line sucks so much. The right pick is to go Sewell, I think. I don't know. I don't Sewell, watch, Penny Sewell. I don't watch tape on offensive linemen all that much. Oh, too. it's not. I mean, it's not, you know, it's uh, relaxing. 
sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's the right pick from what I've heard about the guy and and the limited amount I know about offensive that's line. That's not man. the Northwestern guy, right? That's the other guy. Slater is the Northwestern guy who is I, Oregon. Penny Sewell is Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's being seen as number one guy, number two guys is Rashawn Slater, I think, from Northwestern, who I think it can play like three positions on an offensive line. So I wouldn't rule him out as a pick for the Bengals. I don't here. love that. I got to tell you, I don't love that anymore. I'm out on the guys who play a bunch of positions. I think it's like In basketball, like fantastic. Tackles. Okay. Well, but I'm not sure. I'm just not drafting a guy based off that. I, guess. I don't know. I feel like the Lions have had a lot of success, like doing like little movements. Yeah, Frank Ragnow. They line. got lucky with Frank Ragnow. It, it can happen. I'm just saying, I think, I think if you're that great at a position to go in the top 10, you're, you should probably play that position. So I, I I would be shocked if they didn't go offensive line. Yeah, um, as would I, but I, I do think they'll consider going elsewhere. Yeah, so I and we'll get to this. I've gone all the way around with these wide receivers, but I'm like officially back out on wide receivers. Uh but Same on you. the the Dolphins are picking at six. And the Dolphins really need oh, I don't think I want to wrap it up, wrap up the Bengals real quick with this. I don't think they trade that pick. I think that they really need like a locked in number yeah. one offensive lineman you or out, yeah you, you figure out which Burrow, of those yeah. two offensive linemen are better and you draft that guy yes period don't, don't overthink it don't and overthink then you it. might draft another one in the second round i'm not mad at you, not? you not yeah, mad not? at you you have you have offensive... Peyton manning sitting in the pocket like yeah. keep him healthy offensive linemen are expensive on the open market especially if they're good i mean what did judon get like four years like 74 million or taylor decker's 16 million a year yeah, well, I feel like I feel good about that actually. I, yeah, I don't so think I didn't at the time. I feel yeah. great about it now after this past season. He was really good. Um, the Dolphins have a conundrum though. There's three wide receivers, and I don't think anybody knows who the best one is. I think it's Devonte Smith, uh, but you can make an argument for the other two guys, no problem at all. I mean, they're all a little bit different, right? Uh, Waddle is kind of the Henry Ruggs of the group, if you will, um, where Jamar Chase can kind of do it all. And um, Devontae Smith is, again, I'll say this a million times, he's Julio Jones. He is Julio Jones reincarnated. Same college, same stride, same body coming out of college. Julio Jones had a little bit more muscle, but not a ton. Guy's going to be a stud. I mean, he had an inch and he had 20 pounds on him. Uh, So, I mean, I've really, like, tried to get in deep with these receivers. Uh, I think that what the Dolphins need is oh shit sorry is Jalen Waddle. I think that they just need speed. They just need somebody who's faster uh, than than the defense, and that's who I think that they'll take. Uh, I think that they'll probably agree with me on that. But I don't. If I'm taking a wide receiver in the top ten in the top ten of an NFL draft, I'm doing it because that guy is a Hall of Famer when he steps on the field, and. I think that there's like a little bit of risk with all of these guys. Yeah, but that's why it's a team like the Dolphins that are doing it. Who kind they got the draft capital for them? This is kind of a luxury pick. Uh, it's it's the Texans pick, um, and they need weapons for for Tua. They got to see if this is the franchise guy or if he's going to kind of be an average quarterback, which. I would have never thought would be a question after this past season, but then he played, and it's a it's a real question. I still fully believe in Tua, but I also 100% understand why people ask that question. And the best way to find out 
here's a weapon. Get it to him. I think, um, and that's why I think Jalen Waddle too, because he's thrown to Jalen Waddle before. Uh, I, I don't know how much that'll mean at the NFL level, but like, it can't hurt. Run to Smith too. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm kind of, yeah. I just think that like these guys, like, I know that I know that um, I know that Jamar Chase and and I don't think that Jamar Chase is going to be able to do as many of the things he did in college in the pros. I don't think he's big enough to play as physical as he plays. I mean, he's like fighting people at the offensive line. And I have concerns about whether or not that'll work if you're doing it against elite NFL corners. I'm just not sure he's big enough Those to do that. Those are real concerns. Those yeah. are real concerns. Um, but I do think they should go receiver either way. I don't see another position, another guy here that makes a ton of sense for him. Um, yeah. I just there's just not not much. It's a weird draft, man. There's a lot of talent, but it's it's it seems to be bunched into three positions: offensive yeah. line, quarterback, wide receiver. If you're not looking for one of those, you should probably trade down. Uh, yeah, right for sure. Um, so yeah, so the Dolphins probably gonna take a receiver. Do you see a world where they take anything else, even that's like kind of up towards the top? Kyle Pitts, if he's there, maybe I could. Oh, see for sure. That. If Kyle Pitts is there, that's who you take. Um, yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I guess you could maybe go O-lineman. I just don't think it's that big of a need. I don't think protection is a huge issue in Miami. It's not perfect, but it's something you can patch up not using uh, the number six overall pick on it. So, I uh, wide receiver seems to be the easiest, best route to to building this team, to complete completing this build. Because you got to remember, they spent their money last offseason. Last offseason, they went crazy, and they put the building blocks in place where all you need is a couple of complimentary pieces, a weapon, and a quarterback. And the weapon and the quarterback are really the only two things you need, and this is going to be the year we see if they if they pulled that off. They're going to be one of the most fun teams for me to watch once the Lions get eliminated from playoff contention in Week 7. Uh, speaking of the Lions, uh, the Lions are picking at 7. And... I don't know. There's a there's a lot there's a lot to process here. There's a lot like we've just dumped it all out. We've got potentially four quarterbacks going before seven. Uh, I think we feel we feel decently confident, but we don't know for sure that those quarterbacks are going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and uh, Mac Jones. Uh, I think it's possible that either Trey Lance or Justin Fields go before that. I think the Falcons could take one. I think somebody could trade up to get one. I don't think anymore that both of them will be gone. I'd be pretty surprised if both of them were gone by seven. <sighs> also, I the the spot we're in is weird. It is strange. And first, uh, do you go quarterback? You have you have. Do you really want to start if you are if you're Brad Holmes? Uh, do you really want to start this tenure with you and your coaching staff and your whole front office talking about Jared Goff's the guy? And then immediately go against your word. Um, I know that doesn't sound like a huge thing, but in the current era, these things are big. Why do you think the Celtics have had a hard time getting these big, huge name guys to either demand a trade there or sign there? Because everybody thinks Danny Ainge is a piece of shit. Everybody. I don't know if you want to start your tenure off with, this is our guy. Ah. Okay. I. So here's the thing. Like, Justin, way, Field, Justin Fields is really fucking good. And I, I think it's become 
in the ascent of Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Underrated. Like even by us for a minute there. Even by us. We second. sold we sold some stock and I think we both bought back in right about the same time. I think it was like his pro day that really got me to a hundred percent. Like if we draft Justin Fields, I'm cool. I'm good. If we draft Trey Lance, I'm cool. I'm good. If we draft Mike Parsons, I'm cool. I'm good. If we draft Devontae Smith, I'm cool. I'm good. They really can't mess this up. <laughs> the only way they can mess this up, in my opinion, is Slater. I don't want an offensive lineman. I don't need one. I mean, that would certainly be a culture pick, right? I mean, it'd be a bad one, but um, I don't want a receiver anymore. I, I had kind of thought about it for a while and thought, and first of all, I think the only one we would take is Jalen Waddle. Because if you look at the other receivers, you look at the way that they've built the team, the one thing that they're valuing right now is speed. They're looking for speed Good. everywhere, Good. especially at wide receiver. Look at receiver. the Kansas City Chiefs. Just be yeah. faster than everybody, man. The Rams. The, the Rams are built on yeah. speed, right? Brandon Cooks, all those guys. The, the um, Bucks defense that went crazy in the playoffs, speed. Absolutely. So I don't – I'd be very, very, very surprised to see them take um, – like a Devonta Smith or, or something, or, or or Jamar Chase, who's right, who's trying to win the ball at the point of contact or whatever. I'd be very surprised if I saw that. Uh, I mean, obviously, if Kyle Pitts is there, it would that be? What's your? So let me let me ask this. What's your number two? Trevor Lawrence is number one. What's the number two if you could have anybody in this draft that you would want? You know, so it's Ben Micah Parsons, but I don't know if I missed something. Or what the hell's going on? I've been seeing yeah. them going between thirteen and sixteen. In I have all, yeah, I'm surprised by that too. What it would did we miss something, or is it just like ah? I'm not sure. He's too athletic to play for us. So I mean, I even took a look at like when I was thinking about like what if they traded down, which is something we can talk about eventually. Like if you watch like Owusu Karamoa, you know who Owusu, who's like kind of projected a little bit further down as a linebacker, which what is what we need. Owusu Karamoa looks like. You know Jared Davis and how Jared Davis gets olayed all the time by quarterbacks at the NFL level. Well, and you can see if you go back and you watch Jared Davis's college tape, that that happens in college. You can see it on his tape. You can see you can see like quarterbacks he just misses people. Owusu Karamo's version of that is he slides off the ends of tackles when he like comes over a guy. When he tries to make a tackle, he like kind of just like falls off a guy sometimes and it happens a lot and it makes me really nervous and all are you talking about guys, are you talking a, a Wusu, are you talking about a z's Ajulari? no a wusu karjamoa yeah no he's is. probably more he probably end up being more of a safety in the nfl but he's kind of like a uh uh isaiah simmons style like six two fucking beef stick who like is fast as hell, but I think he just misses tackles. Is my point. I think that all of these guys right below him, if we trade it down linebacker wise, defensively wise, have big flaws. And Micah Parsons fucking rocks. Is my point. I know that uh, you know I agree. We've been on the Micah Parsons train for months, but why is he falling on these mock drafts? What happened? What did we miss? None of them tell me. I've been like everyone I look at. They're like, yeah, Micah Parsons is fantastic, and it's like, well, why did he fall ten spots in your mock draft over the last month then? What changed? Yeah, I think it's just the ascent of the receivers and the quarterbacks a little bit, maybe. And you know, offensive linemen are going to go. And then, like, whoops, it's pick nine. Um, okay, so if you go through every every first pick linebacker off the board, if you the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario in the last ten years is Hassan Reddick, and the second worst case scenario is Isaiah Simmons. So if you eliminate the Cardinals 
every other first linebacker top eight picked in the NFL draft in the last 10 years is an all pro like and Simmons fame, still got a shot to get Smith. there. Yeah, totally. I don't know if I think he'll get that good, but like be that good, but like he's got skills, you know? So I, I just, it feels like a no, it just feels like a no brainer. Like it just feels like a guaranteed hit. It's the best defensive player in the draft. And you want to be violent. There it is. Go get yeah. your violent guy. Go get your 6-6-240-4-4 running freak of nature that's yeah. going to knock somebody's helmet into the fourth row. Is he 6-6? Six, six? He's got to be something. 6-4 six, six, probably. Four. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, when I get like this, I exactly. He closes, he closes fast. Like, when you watch him play, he, he just, like, kind of, like, heats up and all of a sudden is, like, like target acquired. Like, but it takes a second. Sometimes. This is a very interesting player to watch. Uh, Penn State linebackers are awesome. They've been really good. I just, it seems like a no brainer that we like desperately need defense. Like, we just need it so bad. And I, I, we're not, I know we're locked in at Jared Goff for two years, but that doesn't mean that like we can't, if we're like, okay, we're, we're locked suck. into him playing for yeah. a year. Yeah. We're locked into him for a year. So if you want to take Trey Lance and teach me an NFL quarterback for a year, that makes sense to me. But I have a hard time passing up Justin Fields. I'm so that's the thing. Like I am 100% on board with going quarterback, right? 100%. I am you. I am so excited. I love Matthew Stafford more than anybody. Anybody who listens to this, this show knows that. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to have a new quarterback that I give a damn about, and I don't with Jared Goff, yeah. Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I will be. I will hop on that bandwagon faster than you could say whippersnapper i will jump right on that thing i will lead it i will pull the horn in the front i'll be letting the smoke out the top anybody who disagrees i will drop kick you off the side of the bandwagon and don't think i won't i know where you live i'm okay with these guys i'm excited if we draft one of them but micah parsons is the guy who could be your starting linebacker for 15 years and be the guy when you win a super bowl yeah i said it the guy the Number guy. one linebacker drafted last year was Devin Bush. Money. Money. Just they really can't fuck it up. That's you that's think, a great feeling. They they almost cannot fuck it up. Um at least on you, draft night, maybe come the season, but on draft night. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh what do you think they're gonna do? <sighs> Mike Parsons. Wow, really? I I think it's incredibly unlikely that I think they want to set the tone. I think they want to set the tone, man. And I I think think that's a tone set and pick. I think that uh, like the Panthers might make us look like geniuses when he makes a Pro Bowl in two years. (laughs) Or you know what? No, I think they trade back. I think they're trying to accumulate a ton of first round picks and (sighs) get through Jared Goff. I think they trade back. I know that's like the smart thing to do. Do you think that they could convince like the Niners to give up like a third round pick to move up two spots? I mean, that would be that's the only way I would like to trade back. Would be if we tell if we tell the Niners like we're taking Trey Lance and we trade back to nine and we pick up a pick and then we still get uh, Micah Parsons at nine or something and then we also picked up a pick or something. Are you t- you mean Denver? What did I say? Yeah, I meant Denver. Um, jeez. Yeah, I mean, if I think we would demand more than just a third round pick. I mean, it's two spots. Uh, it's a top 10. It's two spots. Yeah, for sure. Top 10. Uh, I think you can get a second. If they offer their number nine and a second, snap that shit up, take it, and then draft Micah Parsons at nine. Boom. 
That was just, cool. Just got a perfect draft. Now all of a sudden I got the ninth pick. I got two second rounders. I got two third rounders. Guess what I just did? I built a team overnight. Good job, Brad Holmes. Good. Wow. Uh, anything else that you think is worth mentioning about the Lions pick at seven? No. Quick question. Five, five to seven years from now, who do we remember more fondly? Troy Weaver, Brad Holmes. Uh, I actually, I think Troy Weaver, because I, I, I think he's like already, already kind of doing something. Yeah, for sure. I actually think that like the lions are kind of doing the same thing actually, where they're, they're just like kind of picking up like all of these kind of weird pieces and it's like, Oh, this one's sneak Bay. Like that one ended up being pretty good. Oh, uh, this one ended up being uh Svee, like, yeah, I guess like, okay. that one. Oh, like, you're going to cross a line there. No, or like, oh, we just are we we traded back to nine and we got a, a, an extra second round pick and then whoop, that's like an Isaiah Stewart type guy and it's like, wow, that's great. Oh, he's uh, shooting forty five percent from three. Holy shit! So I, I I see I see them like taking some chances on some of these guys who I think are kind of castaways and I Which think they that's have cool. Not done the Ford family. Yes, yeah. we draft for character. Fuck that. We draft for who's good at football. Yeah. So I'm very curious. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens. Uh, how many games do you think the Lions win next year? I think it's like six, like five. Uh, so five and 12. Are they starting 17 oh, games God. next year? I think so. I guess we don't, do we know if that's like, do we know that that's going to happen for sure? Yeah, yeah, it's approved. It's done. 17 like, games is 100%. Do you know that we're not going to get a strike and then end up with 14 weeks? I mean, maybe eventually, but not this offseason. So you have okay. to wait until the CBA expires. So, um, I'm gonna say four and thirteen. Okay, boy, you want something? You want to listen? You want to look something up that'll really bum you out? If you go and listen to interviews from people who do CBA negotiations for the player side, who man, it's I gonna be a strike. <laughs> what? It's gonna be a strike. We're getting a strike. Yeah, I mean, like I just dealt with this with the MLS going through that, and then like going back and listening to some of the football stuff is like, I mean, the owners they're just, they're you know. They'll shut the whole fucking league down for a 1% concessions fee or whatever. So, uh, yeah, cool. Well, this is fun. I, I don't feel like I don't feel any more confident in anything, but I was, I'm glad to get all the pieces on the table and, and say for the record that I think that we should take Michael Parsons. And if not, I think we should take Justin Fields. And if we don't do either one of those things, I'm a little less than you on the, like, whatever happens is great. I want one of those two things, or I want to be picking at nine. Those are the only three things that I think are genuinely acceptable. I don't want a wide receiver. I don't think any of those guys – I just – there's so many holes. There's so many holes. And and I get that, like, with the receivers, the argument that the Falcons will make to take pits is, like, the same thing. We're like, we can make our offense real good, like, right now. But I think you cap it out. And I think you cap yourself out for a few years when you do that. So What if Jared Goff ends up being really good? I don't know how likely I think that is. I mean, I think he could it's be better. It's at least 10% likely. <laughs> I don't. I don't see any world where he's better than Stafford. No, but I see this front office being able to build a football team. Okay, so could same you argument do... you used against me earlier. He's been to the big yeah. game. Yeah, for sure. So, the, so yeah, maybe. I mean, the the Rams gave up a a first and a third round pick to go with it, like to get him out of there. Like that's tough. I, I think. It's because they're getting a guy who's bringing him to a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, well, I I think that that might happen. And how how sad are you going to be as a Detroit sports fan to watch Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin, Matt Stafford all win championships? Oh, Bruce Detroit. Brown and Blake Griffin, I won't be sad. I'll be irritated. Not even as much Bruce. Kind of irritated, irritated by Blake. About Blake. Um, I mean, I would have done it if I was in his shoes. Don't get me wrong. Just fuck the Nets. Matthew Stafford, I will paint my face and I will wear a Rams jersey when they're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, hey, do you want to do you want to take five minutes and, and let out your emotions about how annoyed you are at Blake Griffin? No, um, but by the way, he's balling tonight. Okay, everybody, before I know. Parker freaks out, it's so stupid. <laughs> Thank you guys all so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't. Hey, share this with your friends. Maybe they'll like us. Maybe they'll hate us. If not, you guys can talk shit about us. That's just as fun. Uh, but thanks all for listening. We will see you at some point soon. Go Lions. Go Pistons. Killian Hayes is back. Nine points, like six rebounds, five assists, two steals. Hey, four steals and two blocks or something. Let's get it. Next week we're doing baseball. We're gonna do some baseball something. We gotta figure okay. out what, but we're doing baseball next week. So cool. Uh, enjoy your big fucking check, Blake.